A voice snaps Asher back to reality. Young man, are you with us? Asher coughs and opens his eyes. Yes, although I admit. And he winces as he props himself up on his elbow. I'm confused as to how I got here. He looks around, taking in his surroundings. You're at the House of Healing. They found you before the blaze grew out of control. Thanks be to Gozra. I'm Rivka. She looks to Asher. I do hope you brought nothing of value with you into that building. She says with a sigh. I don't think much will be left in the morning. Asher shakes his head. My things are with my horse, thankfully. Secure at the stable. No, I had only the clothes on my back and the hat on my... And he stops mid-sentence, the color draining from his face. I beg your pardon, but has my hat been placed somewhere else? He runs a hand through his dark hair, his expression growing increasingly concerned. Rivka shakes her head. I have not seen a hat, no. It wasn't brought in with you. Everything began to spin as he made his way to the door. I do believe something in that tea was spoiled. I don't feel quite right. Asher says as he stumbles towards the exit. Thank you for tending to me, Rivka. Then, startling the woman, Asher dashes out the door, tottering as he goes, running with desperation towards the commotion. Town guards had stood up a barricade across the breadth of the street. One guard thumps the butt of his spear against the ground as Asher approaches. Halt! He calls out. No one may pass through here. It is unsafe. Return in the morning when the fire has burned out. Asher shakes his head. I mean no disrespect, but I must get into the house. They rescued me from the flames but my hat was left behind. It's incredibly important to me. Please. Plead though he may, the guard did not relent. No hat is worth your life, man. Go, sleep, come back in the morning. Perhaps you may be lucky and will survive this blaze somehow. Asher sighs. Wise advice, you're right. Perhaps it will be intact. He turns away, walking slowly, and a smile forms on his lips. With an uncanny swiftness, Asher races to the closest building and leaps, kicking off the wall and pulling himself up onto the roof. But I'm afraid I can't take that chance, he shouts down, fierce determination across his face. As the guards look on in surprise, he bolts across the rooftop, dives off the edge onto the street below, and tumbles up to his feet. Grinning from ear to ear, ignoring the shouts behind him, Asher rushes with all haste towards the oppressive heat through the thick smoke and headlong into the inferno. This is Pot Against the Machine. Pot Against the Machine. Well, welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play podcast that literally can't even. I'm your host, and here's everybody. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I literally can. Whoa. Actually, Jeff, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Uh, I spoke with everyone else, and you're off the pod. For oh. canning. Literally. Well. Um... I wish we had talked about this off air, 
but yeah, I, guess I know. Farewell, sweet, sweet scrappers. Right. Remember me. <laughs> All right, good up. Good up. <laughs> like, and that's where we wrap. That was beautiful. The drama, the tension, the awkward silence. Like, oh, man. All right, that's everything people come here for. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty much it. That and throw in the yogurt joke and we're done. Uh, True. I didn't yeah. make a yogurt joke. I know, I but like you've opened the door that we're going now. To have so like, that's fine. Just but see, now, now it'll be like callback humor later when someone makes a robot, a robot, a yogurt joke, and then they'll Just be like, happens. "Ah, remember when yeah. Sam knew that that would happen <laughs> for the first <laughs> time?" Someone made a yogurt robots joke. Oh, because. It's me, Reginald, the <laughs> new actor behind Asher. How's it pronounced? Helech? I'll whatever. We'll just never say it on air again. <laughs> You're locked hey. in this joke, buddy. Yeah, that's it from it here ready? on in. That's the voice yeah, I Sam want. Sam is not going to kill off Asher. So. <laughs> the only actual play where both the player and the character are voices. Hey, <laughs> No. Yeah. Please stop. I feel like this is getting creepier with every sentence. <laughs> I love this. I feel like going to kill off Asher so that your next character can have this voice. Uh, I watched a lot of scary movie recaps this afternoon with a thunderstorm going on, and now I'm worried I'm going to get murdered. By Reginald? Uh, I guess. I mean, honestly, it doesn't even have to be Reginald, just the voice of... It's like Candyman, where enough people believe in him, so he becomes real. And just pops into an apartment. Yeah, I've heard about that. Well, last time on Pot Against the Machine, uh, we had a pleasant dinner party. Uh, borscht was consumed, and uh, backstory was revealed. And the very capable four um, split up to spend uh, what seems to be their last night in Torch for a bit. And, um... I think that's about where we are now. Smash cut from the nothingness of the beginning of the episode to morning in Torch. The Torch is still burning less intensely than it was yesterday. It's down basically to its normal level so it can actually be used instead of being a multiple hundred foot high tower of plasma that incinerates anything that comes near it. So that's good. Safer for birds. And <laughs> and the Everybody wakes up on where did y'all spend the night? The floor at Ratley's church. Chapel of the Wanderer, you wake up, sun shining. Yeah, I think he yeah, he gets up, prepares his spells for the morning, and gives Radley his last days uh like board money whatever it is if he gives him like two copper or whatever and he says father it's been well it's been interesting thank you again for allowing me to stay here and again whatever that is you have going on downstairs i'm not going to judge but just maybe see someone and (laughs) then he will head out uh, take care of yourself out there. But if you ever find yourself a corpse, let me know. I've I, got a robot all picked out. I will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Father. 
<laughs> the bones land in a spiral. Whether you want them to or not. <laughs> and he slowly backs out the door, not taking his eyes off Rat. <laughs> and, and Ravley unblinkingly stares at you the entire time. And even though you never see him take a step, he seems to follow you right out the door and watch as you go down the street. Uh, it's really God. It's like Watson in those Sherlock Holmes games. <laughs> I love those, but also hate them. Um, how about um, Brixby and Asher? You stayed over at the Foundry, or the Foundry, or the Foundry. Mm. Uh, the second one for me, uh, as I could tell by your uh, intonation, clearly which building you were referring to. Uh, Bricks spent the night um, returning for uh, Connor Bain's book, like he said he would, uh, to copy out some scratchy spelly do's into his own spell book. And uh, yeah, that's what he spent his evening doing. According to my notes, I believe when, <laughs> what was his name? Jeff left Asher. He was in the... Foundry, not the foundry or the foundry, of course. He's a law abiding man. Uh, mysterious, too. He was doing mistake. Uh, can I just be back? No, yes, no, nope. please. <laughs> yeah, no, nope. nope. we're, we're firing Reginald. I'm, I'm almost positive he's on some kind of list. He needs to not be in this podcast anymore. List of my favorite podcasters, maybe. All right, he's out. Bye, Reginald. I don't have that list. I'm pretty sure that gives us a three to two. So, uh, Jeff, please come back. Oh, fine. I'll let him back in the uh, studio. Thank you. That was awful. Um, yet strangely endearing. Uh, Asher did spend the night in the foundry of the tavern, because of course he would. That's where lodging is held. Uh, and yeah, he wakes up, does his morning routine, and is I don't think we have really decided where we were going to meet back up. We've only really decided that officially like once before, so it's not surprising. Um, but yeah, he stayed at the foundry of the tavern. I would say we've been using the foundry as a loose base of op. I mean, we're not going to meet back up at Kira's parents' house or, and Vargas is already on his way to us. So that would just be awkward. Um, so yeah, the foundry retcon. I don't know. What if the traditional after you've had dinner at somebody's house, cultural requirement is to show up the next morning with a different <laughs> livestock of some kind? Yeah, no, I was going to say Kira's definitely at home. Um, having made the traditional pancakes, just waiting. Like, yeah, they'll be here. I mean, I didn't tell him about this tradition, but <laughs> they'll, they'll pick up on it. World knowledge local. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with a 10 and above, you know to bring the, um, again, traditional uh, breakfast carb. Uh, under a 10, you probably bring like a sausage or something. And people are like, no proteins at this meal. I'm so sorry. And on the natural one that I just rolled for my first roll of the evening, Asher has no idea he's even supposed to be there, which is perfect. <laughs> as it was written 
Uh, yeah, Kira spent the night at home. Um, her first night in a while, probably the longest since she's known her family. Um, and it was pretty cool. It was uncomfortable. Uh, she still hasn't seen her sister, Amy. There's tension and a lot of like guilt and fear there. But for the rest of it, she got to talk to her sister before she went to bed. She hugged her mom. It was a cool time. I think she, for once, for once, wakes up early. So like waking up with her camera pans in and she's just sitting on her bed with the uh, dagger, with part of dagger that was given to her the previous night and just kind of studying it. Um, and then looking up and seeing, like, I don't know, fantasy time, I guess. She will um, stash the dagger on a belt and go out to meet her friends, carrying the uh, the takeout box of pancakes because Asher missed the memo. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we can um, pick back up then at the foundry with everybody coming together at approximately the same time. And... Well, today's the day, as far as I know. We're leaving Torch. How are we doing that? There's a few different options for how to actually get to Scrapwall. Perhaps you should work it out amongst yourselves. We discussed land-based travel, possibly on an animal? Yeah, I believe we discussed that overland would be faster than taking um, the, the river routes. Uh, yeah, because the river, like, horseshoes way down first. Although we do have to contend with the the old canyon situation. Mm. First Blade's Path. Yeah, that's what it's called. And Vargas will actually say, I feel like Overland is the better option. I have personal reasons that I don't want to go into the foothills and... I feel like seeing and crossing the First Blades path will be good for all of us. It's a site that many of my people go to for vision quests, so maybe it will give us some idea of what to do next when we reach Scrapwall. And if things haven't gotten too bad in the decades that I've been out of the country, there should be areas that we can cross the majority of the path is not exceedingly wide i would agree um my experience sailing up and down the rivers across this blasted country those who ride on the boats have nothing to do but gossip if we want to travel low-key as it were Let's do it over land. I'm imagining Kira has a map spread out on the hood of this of a Buick that I've just decided is there, uh, and has marked several key locations with just unicorn stickers. Okay, um, so I found last night Numeria's largest ball of twine, and then also this building is shaped like a duck, so we should stop there too. It'll take like 20 minutes, I promise. And then also, you know, um, well, the can the canyon for the canyon. So there are a few different ways um, that are fairly commonly known to cross uh, the First Blades Path. Uh, there are places where it's only like 30 feet wide and you could conceivably 
improvise a way across um, with your hook shot or um, with like wooden planks or something. Uh, there are official crossings uh, a little bit to the north east of Torch, which is a, a crossing that's more controlled by the um, Technic League's agents generally mm -hmm. because it's not all that far from Starfall and sort of the main yeah. Sovereign's Reach territory. Um, and then off to the um, east a little more, there's another crossing that's controlled by the Black Horses, the uh, Kelid um, clan. Um, they're, you know, nor nomadic clan, but they, they control the bridge and usually there's a toll involved. And then the other real option would be heading all the way um, east to the banks of the um, Selen River and uh, sort of fording along the banks, which is the edge of the canyon. That's basically what you've got available to you. Okay. So, um, it seems that uh, the information we've gathered, this, I see, stretching over the, the sun-warmed hood of the Buick to point to the northern of the passages, seems to be controlled by the technically goons, but... This one is Black Horse Tribe. Um, I don't know much about them. Do I? Do any of you, Vargas? The Black Horses were once on fairly friendly terms with my own much smaller tribe. We had a little bit of a falling out when one of their former chieftains launched a civil war and killed thousands of our countrymen, but I think we should be okay to cross there if well, to be fair the last I heard most of the remaining black horses aren't exactly big fans of their former war chief That seems like our best option um, What do you two think? He looks up to the tall members of the party. I'm not going to assign who may or may not be the tallest at this point. But well, you don't have to. You're all tall to me. Sticker. <laughs> um, and Kira will say to Vargas, do you know who their their former leader was? You, you're joking, right? Yes. <laughs> The, but pretend I'm not joking. Uh, about 25 years ago or so, the war chieftain of the Black Horse tribe was a man named Kevath Kool. He is now the Black Sovereign of Numeria and an ally of the Technic League. Kira doesn't say anything, <laughs> but has a definite sort of like putting two and two together and just kind of stares at Vargas for a second. It's like, um, oh, oh, okay. Cool. Great. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it still seems preferable. We know what the technical aid will do if we try to cross their road. Perhaps the Kellids all don't feel as their dear leader once did about the technical aid. I feel like it should be the much safer of the two routes. Agreed. I, especially given the stories we heard from Connor, 
want very little to cross the league under such terms. I have my eyes set on Starfall at some point to take care of other business, but yes, for now the Black Horse Tribe does seem to be the preferable route, and besides, kind of smiles at Vargas, I could use a little practice with my hallet. So, uh, how do we intend to get there? Hiking? Out of character, are there, like, horses in town that they might be willing to hand over to the people who saved their livelihood? We did save them. Are you saying you don't want to pay the, the low, low fees for horses that I have lovingly gathered from the archives of Nethys for you? How low is low? Uh, well, a light horse is 75 GP. A heavy horse is 200 GP. A combat-trained light horse is, of course, more than a regular one. And a combat-trained heavy horse is more still. But you're probably not going to be fighting on horseback. That sounds like sale price, though. What about a... Do they have, like, the U-Haul one-way rental where we can ride the horses <laughs> from Torch? And just <laughs> drop them off in their office and scrap one. Yeah, that well, sounds fine to me. Let's do that one. These aren't chickens. This isn't Charlie the Lizard Folk's chicken emporium where you can just buy a chicken and drop it off at his other location across Numeria. These are horses. Like a, like a city bike situation? or yeah, We'll just pay by the mile for the horses. <laughs> a horse share? Yeah. Vargas is going to go turn the torch back off now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're going to use technology. <laughs> so there isn't anyone who's willing to lend us horses temporarily yeah, for we'll saving the back. town <laughs> it's not like oh, we're gonna we throw them thing. into the canyon we're gonna be bringing them back yeah we'll sure just you tie are. them up maybe they just know adventuring types and they know that you're just gonna gonna kill those horses we but will I'll... bring them back stronger than before <laughs> having <laughs> weathered something terrible probably <laughs> Well, there is a livery stable um, near the main gate of town, Ivan's Livery, um, where you could probably get um, some kind of pack animals or mounts that have been abandoned with him he might be able to part with. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Sounds like a job for our silver tongue cow rustling cow poke of a cow... Cowman. Cowboy. <laughs> oh, boy. Asher. Aw. <laughs> yeah. That's let's... Asher's race. He's a cowman. Cowman. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. The... You stole all my thunder, you thunder thief. I was going to reveal that when the time was right. Now we'll just have to move on. <laughs> Take off your hat and somehow it's hiding the fact that you had a bullhead. He's been a minotaur all along. Get him! Uh, this is utter madness. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god, here we are. 
back in the puns. Just grazing on those YouTubes. <laughs> we love your crossbows. Alright, well, yeah. uh, uh, if you head out to Ivan's livery stable, that's um, uh, like pretty much as close to the main gate of town as you can get. Um, it'll bring you to a reasonably well-maintained building, and um, there's a whole bunch of different animals uh, stabled inside and penned up outside. And Ivan himself uh, is a uh, aging uh, male half elf uh, who's working inside at the desk. Um, and when he sees you come in, he'll say, "Well, the heroes of Torch. Ah, to what do I owe this the honor of this visit?" I'm going to gently suggest a a retcon, as in when we start talking about the horses and where to get them. Um, We've agreed on the horses, and I think Kira will go up to Brixby uh, and reach into her uh, craft pouch and hand him, like, a, a pink ribbon similar to the one that Kingsley has, but much larger. And she's like, I have to do something before we leave. Can you, um, can you get me a horse with this? Don't sell that. That's not, you know, use, use gold for the horse, but the horse should, this should... Oh, no, I, I, I understand. He looks up at Kingsley. He's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be enjoyable. Okay, but don't, don't, don't do that thing of where you just get hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> horses are really big. Yeah, um, no, no, I'm, I'm going to ask Ivan to do this. Okay, <laughs> good, yeah. striding up towards the door. Yeah. Uh, so she'll hand off that ribbon. Um, and let everyone else play the scene. Yes, well met, Ivan. We, uh, I will be heading out today towards Scrapwall, and, well, given the distance, I expect it would be much quicker were we to do so with, uh, some good mounts. Do you perchance have something affordable but reliable, much like for the old Buick LeSabre. Don't exactly know what that means, but I've heard good things. I don't know uh, how soon exactly we might be able to return them, should you have some sort of ride-sharing service, but four mounts uh, would be great. Three for medium-sized creatures and one for this adorable rat folk here. Brixby. Just look at him. He's so cute. He's got tussles yeah. right there. I'm gonna need you to tie this on. Um, probably your most ill-tempered horse, please. <laughs> um, and he'll take the oversized bow and look at it and he'll say, well, uh, that last part is a little bit strange, but, uh, I should have a, a few I can um, part with you. You say this is just a temporary arrangement? You'll be uh, returning them? You know, sort of um, flip open a, a ledger to look some things over. We don't usually uh, traffic in that sort of thing. I, people leave their 
um, mount and pack animals here when they're uh, visiting town or we you know, buy and sell but I um, I have a few that I've come to suspect their uh, owners aren't coming back for one reason or another so uh, let's see uh, what do you say uh, four light horses uh, 50 gold apiece and you had said out of character because Jeff didn't take notes on horse prices. Shame on me. Uh, they're normally... 75? 75? Yeah, 75 would be the normal purchase price. Is, is mine tiny? <laughs> it's a little tiny? bit tiny, but it's not mechanically tiny. <laughs> so he doesn't get to ride little Sebastian. Can we all just fly on bees? It'll be a lot faster. <laughs> uh, that's a... Uh, indeed, that sounds like a good offer. A fair price indeed. Certainly, that's more than reasonable. Ah, perfect. Well, I can uh, take this uh, bow out back and... <laughs> I'm afraid none of them are particularly ill-tempered, but we'll see what we can do. And um, I'll show you two of them if you can uh, furnish me with uh, 200 gold. And Asher will do that. Alright, now you're go all going to have to name your horses, of course. But that means something bad is going to happen to them, oh no. You have to develop deep emotional bonds with these horses. And, um, I think that's really the key thing that we're going for. And he'll take the money and, and lead you out back and, um, and show you over to some stables and, like, sort of pick out the horses. He's got to, like, bring one out and then go down two more stalls, skip, like, a sheep and a big ox, and then get another horse and work his way through with a rather sizable inventory finding the ones he's picked out for you and say um i, I if you're going out to scrapwalla i don't expect there's going to be much in the way of stables out there but uh, there's an old fort across the river from them I, I crusaders stop in here every now and then on their their way up to the world wound and they I believe that's one of the last places they stop in Numeria. Uh, you might want to see if you can lodge the horses with them. They'll be safe while you're in Scrapwall. Excellent. Thank you for that. Certainly we want them to be safe. I, I suspect we will grow very close to these animals and will think to them, think of them more as family before long. Uh, they seem like beloved characters to me already. Wait, has anyone named theirs yet? Just dropped in the chat. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I guess I, like I should say one. it out loud because listeners can't see the chat. I've got um, Amalthea? Amalthea? I just looked this up on the internet because I was like, what's the name of the unicorn from the last unicorn? And uh, oh, spoiler alert, that's it. Uh, we're going to say Thea for short because I don't know how to say that name. Thanks, team. I <laughs> <laughs> think we're just leaving some space to stew in the, the last unicorn coming up. Yeah. I was just Jeez. looking it up. 
It's awkward. Uh, we all were gonna name our horse Amalthea. No, no, uh, almost... no not me. Uh, no, my my horse has a name. My horse's name, Nathan. But it's spelled Nathan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so good. Sky metal. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. As... My backup was uh, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> uh, who plays apparently um, Prince Lear in The Last Unicorn, which is apparently mm. a film I've never seen. It's pretty good. It's uh, I think it's by Rankin Bass, isn't it? The ones that did the uh, yeah, no, that's, all the claymation that's, stuff. That's, yeah. Oh God! So it's probably terrifying, but adorable. Great, great, great. Like yeah, all eighties. I'm, I'm sure it's terrifying. Are. Yeah. The theme song from America was really good too. All right, we'll check that one out. Oh yeah, there. Like it's like you're reading this Wikipedia page I'm on. Amazing. Yeah, my my horse is named Friday. <laughs> Mine is named Strata, and I will leave that for all of the uh, Pathfinder lore people to figure out why a Jiskin artificer who worships Gorum would name his horse that. All right, listeners, remember that for your next set of uh, machine learning questions. <laughs> All right, now that we have these beloved horses um, ready to go, and they're, a prop, I assume, being hitched up to the Buick Saber, which now has so much more horsepower. <laughs> there it is. It wasn't even, like, really a pun, because it's just what it was. Just facts. <laughs> uh, but we'll cut over to Kira. What is she doing? mysteriously doing yeah kira has has gone back to radley she's looking for parda's body specifically okay. but i cannot sure. remember where that is because that's been a long time um yeah it's the chapel the chapel of the wanderer where radley works yeah so she'll um i don't know like knock or just announce herself or kick in the door as is the new standard the... Uh, but like a gentle kicking in. Sure, sure. About... Hello. Sorry about your door. And he'll appear behind her and say, Oh, hello there. I didn't see you. How did you not see me? You were standing behind me. That sounds like a lie. <laughs> I had my eyes closed. I was resting. Okay. When you get old, sometimes you need to rest. Just standing behind people? You'd never know. It could be a condition. Might... Yeah, okay. I, um... We have to leave. And I... I wanted... I, uh... Can I... I was... I wanted to say goodbye to my friend. Ah, yes, uh... Miss Gar. Uh, we have her... I have her, um... Let's see, let's see, let's see. And he sort of does some mental math trying to <laughs> figure out. Um, and then nods to himself. Oh, yes, uh, that should be, that should be fine. Um, <laughs> I have her uh, interred uh, down below. Uh, we have a, a cast gentle repose. She's still uh, quite, quite well preserved. Don't you, don't you worry for a minute. And <laughs> oh. I wasn't going to worry until you said that, but okay. Well, um, I normally, she's been 
dead for quite some time. That's okay. We don't have to talk about it. There's biological Thanks. processes. And yeah, uh-huh. There's bugs and it's sure. all, all sorts of... But uh, none yeah. of that, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> They'll lead the way uh, down um, a flight of stone stairs to the basement below um, in a, a room where there are um, several tables with um, dead bodies, basically all of whom you've already seen um, because these are people that you've retrieved. <laughs> recently from, murdered. <laughs> recently murdered or found dead already. Um, all kind of laid out on, on slabs, um, all with gentle repose cast over them, so they're all kind of frozen in time. Um, and Parda is one of the closest to the door because she was one of the one of the first ones found. Um, so um, they'll say, oh, uh, there you are. Um, do you need um, privacy? Um, yeah. I don't think it'll take long. I just... I need a minute. All right. Uh, I will, um... Yes, I'll, I'll just be upstairs. And he retreats, leaving you alone in the creepy, body-filled basement. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's creepy and body-filled. Kira doesn't particularly seem to notice. Uh, loves a rose-colored glasses situation. Um, but we'll walk up to Parta's body and just sort of stand there for a couple seconds... Um, like sort of anxious, fidgety, almost like maybe two times, like turns to leave, like sort of, oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. Um, and then finally just, okay, you can do this. This is fine. This is how people do things. Um, and we'll go back to Parda's body and just, um, hey, hi, hey, Parda, it's, it's me. It's, it's Kira, Kira, your friend from, you know, growing up. Uh, that was dumb. You know that. I, yeah, I just I just came to say um, bye. I I'm I'm leaving for for a little while, not forever, not you know I'll I'll, I'll be back because we have to bring back the horses and get like a magic stick of some sort. So I'll I'll come back, but I wasn't sure if you. Well, I thought now would be a good time to say bye. I'm sorry it took me so long. Um, I. We kept going back under after we found you, and I guess I just kind of thought that maybe, maybe if we kept going, I, you would be okay, but that's stupid. Obviously, you're not okay, and I just, I wish you had told me where you were going. I, I could have helped. I could have, I could have protected you or, or, or said, no, don't go there. We could have gone together, and, and now, now I'm going on this adventure that we were supposed to have, and you're not coming, and I Okay, I came to say bye, and and your mom and dad dropped off your dagger, and she'll, like, take out the dagger and just sort of hold it in her hands. It's not the same as you being here, but I'll take it with me, and every time I, you know, accidentally stab someone to death or on purpose stab someone to death, I'll think of you, and it'll be like a, like a thing. That's That's kind of a joke. Mostly I'll just hang on to it and... Remember what we were gonna do. Okay, I'm I'm sorry for talking so long. I, I I'm gonna take this with me and 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 it'll be like you're there, and like we went on that adventure you wanted anyway. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go, but I'll be back and I miss you. 
I, I love you. <sighs> Bye. Um, I think she stands there for another like couple of minutes, seconds. Uh, and then again, puts the dagger away and goes back up the stairs, just trying to avoid Radley. Um, I don't know if that's possible, but intent. Well, sky metal. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Radley, um, for all his Radleyness, will <laughs> kind of get the sense that now is maybe not the time and he'll make himself busy when Kira comes back up the stairs and just sort of give like a look and a nod and um thank you for for everything okay bye and just yeah out the door to go find her horses and friends okay well this is it I think we're it's Maybe a little bit late in the morning, but I think the party is finally ready to leave Torch forever because they're never coming back. I assume. We have to return the horses and get a stick. <laughs> yeah, we need that metamagic rod. Sure, sure. sure and sure. They, they photocopied Asher's driver's license when we got these horses. It would be. You're all under it. Asher's name and insurance. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, we, I, we didn't get yet. insurance on these horses. No, we're living dangerous. <laughs> Retcon real quick. Uh, horse's name is Fire Day because there's no Friday in Pathfinder, obviously. obviously. Before I, of course. <laughs> so you can just hit backspace on that Discord message, people, in the spoiler discussion because <laughs> uh, I fixed it. All right, well... Uh, with the cart in tow, um, I'm going to use uh, the caravan rules to get your pace uh, and say it's you can make about 32 miles a day um, towing the cart and on horses. So uh, that puts the crossing of the path a little bit, or crossing of the First Blades Pass a little more than a day away um, if you're heading straight there. And the total journey uh, around four days. So if we're heading out, I think the first thing I'll do is make my very first roll ever on these Cozy Gamer black and white dice, the name of which I can't remember and I can no longer find them on the website to get the name. This is the first roll ever on this die, just to hit a little random encounter table. Natural three. So you're safe for now. Hooray! <laughs> so other than for the goof quality, were we just were we bringing the cart for any particular purpose? Like By do we cart, need do you it? mean Buick LeSabre? Yeah. I mean, if we all have horses, are we just... Is it... Do we need it? Would we just ride on the horses? Who knows how many bodies we're going to have to... Yeah, I mean... I mean to be honestly, with all all jokes aside, since we aren't talking about going and getting the robot, yeah, the only benefit I see to taking it is if we want to drag Hellion's body back in it, brother. No, I don't know. Um, I'm not quite sure why we would need it. I'm gonna say nostalgia, but that's like not a mechanical bonus. So yeah, I'm riding in the trunk for nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place to sleep. <laughs> Well, amidst the odor of, like, Arby's and Sandville. 
A definite, distinct Sandville odor. Um, so uh, are are you doing just horses then, and, and no cart? I would guess it's, it's faster. Uh, and Probably makes more sense. Yeah, it's definitely faster. It'll shave the better part of a day off your time. I mean, if we didn't have a bag of holding or something, then a cart might have been useful, but for, like, you know, storage purposes. But I say we just, we just ride. Have a rank and ride. Let's do this. All right. Then you ride out along the road, um, north by northeast, up towards the first blades path. And, you know, the hours pass by and the, the sun rises and begins its way back down again uh, over a long day where presumably you all finally get to talk about yourselves amongst each other because you're just hanging out for a day where not a whole lot's going on. Um, and eventually, after hours of riding, uh, you can see in the distance um, far beyond these Badlands that stretch on forever and the waste slash plains that Torch sits in. Uh, you can see rocky outcroppings and the first hints of the First Blade's path in the distance. And um, you can see it for quite a while before you're actually there because it just slowly envelops the horizon as just more and more of it becomes visible and then you can see uh, this sort of small outpost uh, that's been set up along the edge of the first blades path as it's it's starting to get dark by now it's not night but you know twilight's coming and there's this small um, group of like a few um, temporary buildings like yurts um, set up and then the actual bridge um, there appears to be like a, a camp there that spans both sides of the bridge and they are flying banners of the Black Horse tribe. Anything in particular you would like to do as you approach? You're still a little ways off, so you've got time if you want to start stealthing and sneak up and kill them all. Tempting. <laughs> uh, I wanted to roll a knowledge local to just kind of see how how well Asher might be able to do like a traditional greeting sort of thing for the black horse okay speaking of natural threes uh, that's a total of an eight uh, this looks like I'm about to offend some locals <laughs> Rixby's five for a fourteen yeah also a five for a six before we have a Kellen. Yeah, I was gonna say before I roll my local roll, we do have it Hannon from that flashback where uh, his teacher beat the ever loving crap out of him that Vargas knows uh <laughs> the black horse's uh battle language, which also happens to be a pigeon form of cassava. <laughs> So, would that help anything? Give me any kind of bonus for my roll, or yeah, it's like a plus ten. You would definitely get a, a bonus um, to like a diplomacy roll. Yeah, 
So his, just for the heck of it, I'm rolling a local. Do I have local? Yes, I do. That is a 17 local for the best way to... Basically, he wants to think of, like, the best way to approach this camp to not have them decide that we're enemies and try to kill us. Since we're approaching them from their blind spot as, like, night is falling. Not exactly the smartest thing to do, so he doesn't want them to think we're... Yeah, I mean, approaching um, as night is coming is definitely not ideal, but... Uh... The general idea would be ride up on horses um, with your weapons very clearly presented on you, but not like brandished. And um, probably, you know, don't make any effort to be quiet or anything and, and um, call out greeting to them and howl it um, more so than their battle cant, which would probably come off as overly familiar in the circumstances. Fargus. Yeah, like I said, he calls out in Palette that, like, hello, we're friendly, we're travelers. And he'll say, like, our number, and that we're just passing through on our way to the bridge. And then he'll, like, hold up a hand to tell the rest of our group to stop moving and wait for them to reply. And... If all your horses stop a, a ways short of their camp, it takes a moment, but a, a few um, heavy war horses gather up and sort of form up ranks at the edge of their camp and, and they head towards you. And there's just, it uh, looks like just three of them, but these are like massive, clearly battle trained horses that these people are, are riding with very simple saddles. Um, and they're all in, in Kelid dress, and that at their forefront uh, is a, a human woman with a black hair tied back behind her head. She looks like she's sort of middle-aged or so, and she's flanked by two men, and she has uh, like a war drum hanging from her side on one side, and then like a spear across her back. Once they've sort of ridden out a little bit clear of the camp, she calls out, in Hallett at first, and she says, Peace to you and your clan! And he'll call back, uh, Thank you, I, to let you know, off the start, and this is all still in Hallett, I am one of the clanless, but thank you for the greeting. My group and I are simply passing through and we would like to request safe passage and she'll uh, look Vargas over and then the she'll by herself um, lead her horse forward a little bit to get closer and she'll say uh, I see it's a bit late in the day to be journeying but uh if you're willing to pay the toll, I suppose it's no trouble of mine. Uh, they called me Feshka, of the Black Horses. Tell me, clanless one, uh, what do they call you and yours? I am Vargas No Plan the Broken. This is Brixby Redtail. 
Kira Smith and Asher Halleck. And he'll uh, switch to Common and tell them, what did you say her name was? Uh, Feshka. He'll say, this is Feshka of the Black Horses. She's said that we have to pay a toll, but afterwards we are free to pass through without any trouble. Hi, I'm Kira. While Vargas is doing the introduction, she waves the other two men up towards her, and um, some of the friendliness is gone from her face, and she says... Vargas the Broken. I know that name. I know that name. She's sort of looking like into the middle distance as she tries to find the memory. And she says, You owe the black horses more than a toll across the path, Vargas the Broken. You owe the black horses a debt of blood. I owe many people a debt of blood many clans and uh is this being said in common uh yeah she she switched to common sort of following vargas's lead and he'll nod to his arm and say i've paid part of it and i intend to eventually pay the rest but for now we simply require passage and she sighs and, and she says this is uh this is difficult. And my honor as a member of the Black Horses, I am required to extract a blood price from you for the debt. I do not personally hold any grudges against you, and I do not believe that either of us have anything to gain from spilling each other's blood here. But, and um, she looks back at the two men, and, and one of them rides up right alongside her and, and uh, whispers something in her ear. And she sort of listens to whatever it is he has to say, and, and she nods and says, ah, It's crude, but perhaps a hunt. In, in order to pay some portion of your blood debt to the black horses a simple task there is a a beast that has been plaguing the black horse farmlands picking off livestock eating horses and making a nuisance of itself I've never seen it but they they say it's half dragon half machine bring us proof of its death and I will consider your blood debt paid, at least for these purposes, and you can cross this, this bridge. He will look back at the rest of the party because this is definitely more their decision than his. Because they could, I'm assuming that if they wanted to, the rest of them could all pass by no problem, right? Like this is specifically him who can't cross. Yeah. So he'll look at everybody else and say, Well, you heard the woman. If 
you want to continue on on your own, you can. Or we can go hunt a dragon machine. Do you mean on our own without you? The rules of our people run deep. It would bring severe dishonor on not just her, but her family and her very clan to not abstract the blood oath that she owes. And unfortunately for us, they currently owe more blood than I have. So it's accept their offer or I would be forced to stay behind. Okay, well, let's go hunting then. This shouldn't be the first nor last beast that we will bring to heal together as four. Um, based off of that description, can I roll anything yeah, what, to figure what out a, what they're talking about? <laughs> yeah, what would a robot dragon even be? Would that be local? <laughs> or cangineering. <laughs> yeah, or cangineering. <laughs> Uh, it'd be uh, Knowledge Arcana, probably. It's the same as my engineer. Uh, 13 on the die gives me a 24 there. Ooh, but not decent enough for that. Yeah, with a 24, um, you're reasonably confident that there is no such thing as robot dragons, or at least half robot, half dragons, known in Galarian. You also haven't, you know, generally speaking, heard of dragons in general flying around the Numerian Plains, but she says there's a dragon. <laughs> Cyber Tarask? <laughs> Probably oh, Cyber Tarask. I forgot awesome. about the Cyber Tarask. Uh, and Bricks to just his group first quietly will say, To me, it sounds like it's probably more robot than dragon. And if that's the case, we're well equipped. I say, tell her we accept values. But we don't really have a choice, though, right? Well, because it's go fight the dragon or leave Vargas, and we're the very capable four. So it doesn't really work if there's three of us. I suppose the alternative would be to count this day of travel a waste and go towards another crossing. But if we can play some part, Vargas, in helping pay whatever debt they say you owe, well, you've fought alongside us this long. I say let's go hunt a robot dragon. And uh, he's going to look really uncomfortable when Asher says that. And... Like, you can tell, like, he doesn't even like bringing up this topic. But he nods and he turns back to her and says, All right, we thank you for your courtesy and we accept your offer. We will hunt this robotic dragon in exchange for safe passage through your lands. Um, and she nods, looking uh, satisfied, looks back to the other two and gives them a nod and they sort of back off the kind of protective flank they were giving her and she says very well the creature usually strikes early in the morning 
and he plagues the wild running herds of horses to the south and she'll, she'll sort of give you a, a better idea than I can of what its general hunting ground is and a little bit more of a description of it as a, a beast about 15 feet long uh, dark blue scales um, that flies and, and runs off with horses and has some sort of metal portion to its chest and that's all she can tell you. And she'll say, you are, you are welcome to camp here for the night, if you wish. How far are the, is, is it to these running herds of horses? And you're already in the Black Horse's main territory. So it's generally speaking within a few miles of here sort of to the south. Uh, basically their territory stops shortly after you cross the First Blades Path. So the territories would be generally you know, not too far away. You know, you'll probably lose the day tomorrow, provided you can find it in one day. I would say sleeping here and waking up before the sun, then traveling on tonight. The planes uh, with a rowboat dragon in them. Sounds like a good idea. Okay. Are you comfortable with that, Vargas? Staying here? Yes, I trust them to honor their deal. I don't think they will cause us any trouble. I wouldn't expect them to, but... Although I don't know the specifics, I can understand that you're... It, you may prefer to... Sleep elsewhere was all. And he kind of grimaces again when Asher mentions not knowing the specifics and he just shakes his head and says, no, it's fine to camp out here. Do you want to go in the bag of holding? <laughs> we'll let you out to breeze. <laughs> yeah, get eight hours of rest having to get out of the bag every ten minutes. I can't think of anything more restful than that. So he's going to, before we start setting up our camp, he's just going to turn back to her and he's going to say in the, uh, in Kasatha, uh, if you happen to run into any members of Clan Mountain Fist, if there even still are any members of Clan Mountain Fist, I would very much like you to not mention that I'm here, or that I'm even still alive. And she nods at that, says, uh, very well. Yeah, so to you guys, they're just making the, uh, the Sotha noises back and forth. <laughs> Head to F pops out of nowhere and says, Who are you two talking to? <laughs> punches bricks me. Oh god, no. <laughs> Yeah, punches Brixby in the face and just runs away across the plains. <laughs> Into the desert. <laughs> T- tuxedo mask, my work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like tuxedo mask, but instead of a rose, it's a punch in the face. Aww, watch Sailor Moon. <laughs> um, 
Are you setting any watches tonight, or are you going to trust the uh, black horses to take care of you? I think Vargas is just going to immediately go to sleep like he trusts them, but I don't know if everybody else would. Rix needs eight hours of sleep. He needs to prepare spells in the morning. Um, I think he would recognize it's not really a luxury that he has. Seeing Vargas turn in and then like looking around at the other two and it's just kind of like well, I mean he's seen um, Kellid uh, honesty in action over and over again <laughs> with Vargas in various yeah. settings. So I think that yeah. that honor um, allows him to sleep. I if possible, and this might not be possible, but I think Kira would try to catch Vargas before he goes down. Um, which she could easily be like, nope, bedtime. Yeah. Well, no, she can, like, talk to him while we're getting the camp set up. Because mm. I imagine um, we're putting up, like, sleeping bags, maybe a tent if somebody has a tent. Yeah, a tent. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think so, any of us have a tent, so we're just putting up sleeping bags. <laughs> just the sleeping bags, that's fine. Under the stars, way to go. Um, so I think she would kind of She's been pretty quiet since he mentioned um, thing from earlier. And I think in there, as they're setting up their sleeping bag, she'll like maybe just kind of pull him to the side for a second and be like, hey, Vargas, I like your arm. How are you? I'm well. Good. I um, had a thing. We just... Uh, Right after I, right after I ran away from home, I was sort of wandering around town for a couple days when the torch went out, and people were people were talking about a lot of stuff. But they mentioned um, they mentioned a a guy with a with a metal arm, and and I guess that's you. And they said he, you, you were supposed to be. Uh, and she like tries to think about it for a second, and she's like, "It's up, uh, black, black, um, black sovereign." That's and what they said. He's gonna. I don't know what that means, but I, I just, I wanted you to know. I heard someone in town say it. And he's gonna look at her like shocked for a second and kind of half confused and say, "Is that what they said?" Well, rumors get twisted over the years I'm going to say now I was never offered the position of Black Sovereign and I never would have taken it even if I was but there was a time a long time ago when well I was put in charge of a group of people and made a very bad decision that led to it led to disaster and I'm going to leave it at that and then he's going to go finish setting up his thing and lay down yeah I think she just watches him for a second um like she maybe had another question but he's clearly just gonna like, okay yeah like he is clearly done <laughs> for sure uh yeah okay good night I will awkwardly go to set up her sleeping bag. I think 
that'll bring down the curtain on the first day's journey outside of Torch. Aerodis 15th is over. I think that's the first time we've ever done a whole day in one episode. <laughs> in real time, too. A lot of dedication. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually recording this on uh, Extra Life Day. This was our 24-hour streak. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the night passes uh, without any issues. It looks like the either there was no threat or the black horses uh, watched over you well enough. And um, the morning comes. We going dragon hunting? Yeah. We go, yeah. yeah. We're going dragon hunting. If we can't find a dungeon, we have to find a dragon. There you go. Mm -hmm. They've been telling us written. legal. <laughs> well, first you have to find a path. Uh, we clearly can't do that, as anyone who's listened to the first like ten episodes of this podcast <laughs> willfully ignore the path. Yeah, I was gonna say we found it just fine. We just refuse yeah. to follow it. Super good at finding. I bet in the below the Mendoza line on survival rolls for sure. But before we disembark, uh, Asher would, if Feshka is around, just in. Hallett say to her thank you for your hospitality I don't know the past of my friend Vargas here but I do count him a friend he's done good for the town of Torch and I expect he will continue to do good and if there is a way that I can help him in his amends, whatever the need for making them may be, I would be honored to do so. Um, she'll uh, look at Asher um, and nod and say, yeah. your friend's debt is his own. And I believe that he means to pay it. I have no reason to doubt him. I was not part of what it was. It was a very long time ago, but if he means to pay the debt, then there's no more to say about it. I understand. Thank you again for allowing us to camp here. We shall go then and find this creature that has been plaguing your farmlands and we shall defeat it and bring back the proof of such and he'll just dip his hat and return to his companions may Gorum guide your blade or whatever it is that you swing I do have a plus one light hammer but well I think I swung it all of once and it went poorly but thank you and may Gorm guide your blades as well, and Caldera bring you luck in your ventures. Roll for initiative. <laughs> That's what I have to say, and then she stabs him for mentioning Caldera. Yeah. So how dare you? We are true neutral at worst. It's a 14 for initiative, natural 10. 
Well, how about some survival checks to try to track down Ooh, the yeah. feeding grounds of this dragon in the early morning haze? Uh, I have rolled tonight on all of the knowledge locals a four, a five, a six, and on, on this one survival thing that I didn't know I had, a 20 plus one. That's a unicorn showing, folks, on the unicorn D20 Woo. from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> How very appropriate. Oh, yeah, no, we, went, we go uh, heavy in the brand here. I roll to aid. Is it specifically a 10 that aids, or does it have to be over a 10? Like, does a 10 itself ten. aid? 10's mm-hmm. the DC, yeah. Okay, yeah, so Vargath also aids. Asher does not aid. Because, as has been foretold, a natural four for a total of an eight. Very nice. Yeah, so So, she gets a plus two, plus four still. A plus four for a total of 25. Oh, yeah. Kira, despite not really having voluntarily left Torch before, or actually, I guess I don't know that. Maybe she's been out in the hinterlands before and... Mm -hmm. It's just a natural at orienteering out here. Um, or she's like a horse girl. That's like <laughs> stirrup pants, velvet hat. She just, she just put it on the spurs to the horse. <laughs> the second she just says that, this way. Yeah. <laughs> second we got our horses, you're just like, oh my I mean you kinda were. Yeah, it's got the bow on there now. Yeah. Oh, for we sure. saw this yeah. coming. Yeah, I Definitely. mean she was already carrying a horse sized bow, which <laughs> Just Very in case. <laughs> they were on sale at Michael's. So it's that around the neck or around the tail like it is with uh, King Yeah, Shark. no, I, I had given that some thought. I don't want it to be a collar because uh, horses deserve to run free unless I own them. Um, so I'm going, I'm going like a uh, tail. And I think the mane probably will just, you know, be braided as you do. I also might have been a horse girl at one point in life. Never tell anyone that, <laughs> listeners. You take it to your graves. <laughs> <laughs> so with that terrific survival check and with her hair blowing in the wind as she finally gets to live out her dream and be a horse girl, Kira leads the way south down into uh, the heart of Black Horse Territory and um, picks up by the, the few landmarks that Feshka pointed out. Um the way towards the where the wandering uh, herds would be at this time of morning and it takes a, a little while to to pick up the trail but eventually like you hear the the hoofbeats of the horses running free in the plains and then um, you see the dust clouds that they're kicking up um, as they are headed somewhere and then you hear overhead, a screeching. Oh, no. <laughs> and if you look up into the sky, you do indeed see a blue, winged, lizard-like creature with something metallic. Either it's part of it, or it's like wrapped around it, or maybe embedded into it. Some kind of machine glistening in the morning sun. As this dragon-like creature 
sweeps down, going after the horses. I'm going to bed. Cool. All right, night, Sam. Sam. Uh, yeah, no, good night. Have a good night, Sam. I'm yeah. excited for your spooky dragon robot. Yeah. Excellent cliffhanger. Good night, Sam. Against the Machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. Well, I for one thought that Jeff phoned it in. What if this time we can't? Uh, user error? What if this time we can't, Jeff? What if this is the time when we can't? User error. I stand by my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't exist between keyboard and seat. Funneling all that Patreon money into a professional <laughs> editor. Professional oh, clapper. Tomorrow. Oh, for both of those things. I can both clap and edit. Mm, I hope no one from my job ever hears this. Um, yeah, so Vargas uh, almost chokes to death on laughter from something Jeff just wrote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>